Hey everybody, Dan here. Uh, what you're about to hear is some content that we cut from episode 22. Not for quality, but just for length reasons, because out of that recording session, we ended up with, I think, almost like three hours worth of stuff. So there's two segments. One is we're going to finally cover the Houston Astros cheating scandal in uh, I guess what jokingly might be the final off the top of my bat ever. Uh, and then we do a nice little deep dive on the NFL playoffs. So uh, if you're like me, you're probably starved for sports content right now. So hopefully this will be a nice little slice from what already seems like a simpler time. Uh, and I would also say that if you are starved for sports content, uh, feel free to email us, ask anything you like, ask us to discuss something, send us something crazy you found in a comment section that you'd like D to read in his country guy voice, because I could use a little more of that. At any rate, I hope you enjoy this. Dan out. So there has been one of the biggest scandals in MLB history, certainly. I mean, it's Jeez. arguable sports history. Dang, it's like that. Um, I've been hearing hearing a bits and pieces. I haven't really dove into it, but dang, it's it's sounding pretty and insane and pretty intense right now. It's now, in fairness, nothing has been nothing has been announced or like officially proven about the 2018 Red Sox, but essentially. This scandal definitely encompasses a world champion that cheated, the 2017 Astros, that, like, definitely cheated. They had, or they didn't admit, but the commissioner, like, published a report saying we investigated and they cheated. Uh, I don't think the Red Sox cheated. They were just world beaters. Uh, <laughs> well, here we'll get into that. Oh, but, no. Uh, and I think it's safe to say that the Red Sox have been credibly accused of cheating. Um, and the result of that is still pending, but it's telling that the team almost immediately fired the manager, who Alex Cora, who used to be a Houston bench coach when they were uh, when they won the World Series. And uh, did he just get the job? He literally was their manager for only two years. Oh, two years. Okay, because he started in 2018, right after the Astros won the World Series. Mm. Um, but he, but he essentially he was a bench coach on the Astros, and he was essentially the guy that was the mastermind of what has become known as the Bang Scheme. Banging Gate, uh, Bang Gate. No, they call it the Bang Scheme or the Banging Scheme. Oh wow! Uh, which is just a wonderful turn of phrase that I enjoy very much, uh, because the Astros, at one point anyway, their method of communicating the pitch. Uh, when they when they're able to decipher the signs from the video room, their method of communicating what pitch was coming to the batter was to bang on a trash can in the dugout. 
Uh, so hence how, the, how would it not catch that like um, that that quick like the if if it was something that obvious how would they not catch that it was sort of like long rumored in MLB circles and players all like pretty much all teams knew when you go play in Houston uh, change your signs frequently um, so yeah but so Dang. so I mean imagine an NFL scandal that took down. Two world champions and three different head coaches. Like, mm. that is the magnitude that we're dealing with here. And a general manager, too. That's the other thing. Uh, Jeff Lunau is gone from Houston. Uh, so they <laughs> they lost their manager, their assistant general manager, because that piece of work couldn't stop, like, taunting women with domestic violence in the locker room. Oh, uh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that guy, and I love when uh, when he like put out a statement trying to defend himself. The old, uh, I have a wife and kids, therefore I'm incapable of being shitty to women. Like that's 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 his argument. Dang, <laughs> just, for real. I love that. I love that sort of like classic, in- stupid deflection. In- incapable. <laughs> anyway, we don't have to go. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole. That's a whole different thing. But uh, so. Yeah, it's it's a huge, huge deal. MLB has just gotten in bed with gambling, gambling. and so they have, like, you have to figure, after the Black Sox scandal, literally in 1919, 100 years ago, uh, that's really, I think, because supposedly the players on the White Sox were blackmailed by gamblers, at least that's kind of the story, oh. uh, into, into fixing the World Series. Um Wow. So obviously that, you know, is probably the biggest scandal in sports history and those eight players were banned for life, including the, you know Eight I guess, players? Yeah. Including Shoeless Joe Jackson, one of the all time crates. Shoeless Joe Jackson? Yeah. Back when people had like weird nicknames like that. I mean Bill, um, Billy White Shoes Johnson, man, from the NFL, man. Yeah. <laughs> Billy White Shoes. Um Anyways, uh so I don't really have a point to make about this, just uh just wanted to uh, acknowledge it for a little bit, and it's interesting because it's a weird thing where long for a long time in baseball, stealing well, stealing signs is legal uh, as long as you do it with essentially analog means. If you, <laughs> if say you have a hitter on second base who notices throughout the inning that like two fingers down means fastball. Uh, he may have a predetermined way of communicating that to the hitter at home plate, that sort of thing. Oh, okay. um, and a lot of times that's when you'll notice sometimes when, especially in a key moment, when there's a guy on second base, the pitcher and catcher will kind of huddle up and say, all right, let's change the signs because they're specifically trying to prevent this. And that's long been a game within the game kind of thing. And it's a Ooh, just okay. accepted part of baseball. It's not against the rules. It's for whatever reason, not considered cheating. Uh, Cause it's just a codified part of the game from when, you know, it was played in the 1880s by people who would like regularly spike each other. Uh, mm. So, uh, ouch, you know, when it was very much like almost a gladiatorial combat sport, um, but Pete Rose's combat baseball. <laughs> oh my God! Pete Rose would be the guy. I mean, he uh, was he 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 did have that stand at uh, in WWE. It's true. When he he would like charge with a bat and then came with like grab him by the throat and choke slam him. <laughs> um, Pete Rose. Anyways, put him in uh, the hall, please. He, yeah. 
Although, you know, he's done yeah. himself no favors because he's just been consistently a jackass over the years. Well, I mean, um, like, wouldn't that make you feel bitter too, man? Well, yeah, but I mean, exile from baseball, and you got all the you got the numbers that you know prove that speak for themselves. They put you in the hall, but the Hall of Fame is just nothing but a glorified fraternity. If I was consistently a jackass, would you be more or less likely to hang out with me? Oh, less likely, duh. Would you be more or less likely to do me a huge, huge favor? Less likely. That's my point. Fair or unfair, you catch more flies with honey, as the saying goes. Hmm. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, it's sort of an interesting question, like how much does this actually affect a team? Does this materially increase your chances of winning? It's hard to quantify. And you, you still got to swing the bat. You still got to execute your plays. Same thing, you know, with, with New England and stuff. Hitting, like, hitting yes. a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. And mm-hmm. it, even if you know what pitch is coming, it can still be very difficult. Uh, yeah, because of placement and uh, and off speed and and velocity and just like I mean, it's just you know there's so much to it, you know. And interestingly enough, there are players who who pretty much explicitly say to their teammates, "I don't like even if you figure something out, I don't want to know." Because I like to play instinctually, see ball, hit ball. I don't want to know what pitch is coming. I don't want to have to think about it. Because that could mess you um, up, man. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's like a personal preference thing. And just different guys learn how to do it different ways. Um, you have, you know, hitters that are super cerebral. Uh, Albert Pujols was well known during his, like, peak in the mid-2000s for having... Pujols. Like, for having a video room in St. Louis. And he would go between innings uh, to like look at film on Ooh. on pitchers obviously Dang. not film of the signs but he would watch the pitches watch their you know their pitch selection and their sequencing and uh, positioning and all that kind Ooh. of stuff he was uh and that's not cheating that's not against the rules that's to watch studying film. yeah he, right. <laughs> it's just you know that's sort of the opposite of that that's he was be- a very extremely cerebral hitter who wanted to know everything he possibly could. It's like some Belichick <laughs> shit right there. Right. Yeah. You don't you don't think of you don't think of baseball players as like big tape grinders, but uh, but they can be. Mm-hmm. Um but so even so, I almost think though that like man, especially in baseball where the playoffs are so random and success or failure almost always comes down to like a handful of super high leverage moments having a even a slight edge in those moments matters it does and it sucks ass because like game five of the 2017 world series that crazy like 12 to 11 shootout that went to extra innings uh that houston won is one of those like one of my favorite games, the baseball games that I've just ever watched in my life because it was just so weird and so exciting and more than the bat flip. But oh, well, no, not that. Um, <laughs> but if you go back, you know it does seem super improbable that the Dodgers were spotted a four nothing lead uh, with Kershaw on the mound, and then he like immediately gave up a home run, and then they scored three more runs, and then he immediately gave up another home run he to tie just, the game. He just melted. Uh, so you know, so was it was the those assists there? That's the thing. We'll never know. 
we will never know. Do you and hear about the petition, like, uh, where they put into that con, like, uh, what, like city council or something of them, like, uh, having the, the championships forfeited to them? Yeah. <laughs> no, because if it turns out it's the Red Sox, too, that means the Dodgers were screwed out of two championships. And, and that's the thing. So, you know, it's an, inter- it's been an interesting experience. Uh, although not on the Red Sox side, because I'm a Red Sox fan, but at least for the Astros, I've never been on the other side of the cheating scandal where I get to be salty about someone else's team. Well, uh, also, that was like my dad's team, the uh, the Dodgers, so it would be cool to see them get one of those championships. Yeah. <laughs> but um, don't take the championship from Mookie. Please don't take no, the Mookie uh, No, <laughs> you're not going to vacate championships over this, and that's a dumb idea anyway, because it doesn't change the past, you know? I don't know. Uh, they they did it for Michigan basketball with the the whole improper benefits and stuff, and that was really freaking stupid. They still they still got those like those championship banners like yeah, in there like tucked so in storage. Dumb. It's so fab, dumb. Fab Five, baby. I hate the NCAA. Anyway, um, <laughs> we should uh, just do an episode of your disdain for them. <laughs> yeah, just I hate the NCAA episode. Um, but yeah, it's. It's a crazy one, man. I can't, I can't think of anything like this in recent memory, and uh, it's one of those things that like Dodgers fans get to be salty about forever. <laughs> For the, re- I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, I love Jose Altuve. I love Carlos Correa. I like a lot of the players Altuve, on that team, even yep. if I kind of hate the guys that were in charge of it. Justin Verlander. Um, and it's like. For the rest of their careers, man, I mean, just like with Brady and Belichick, like, no matter what they do for the rest of their careers, it's that's first paragraph of the obituary kind of stuff. And in the second paragraph, six championships. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, stained by allegations of cheating, you know. and it, it We just, had two. It's true. Well, actually, now, now like a third. Right, yeah. Save Sam Hinkie. Let's not get, go down that rabbit hole. So, hey, uh, let's talk about the NFL playoffs. Playoffs? We'll do kind of what we did either last year or two years ago. I can't freaking remember. Rapid fire. Uh, but we'll just kind of rapid fire go through the games. Uh, let's, let's cover let's the kind the, of... Let's do the NFC first because that will be really, really quick. Yeah. So, New Orleans... New Orleans, okay. New Orleans, they I, did don't, it again. I do not want to hear any more complaints about like cheating or, or, or you being cheated out of uh, games because of referees and stuff. You straight up botched that game against an opponent you should have, at least, maybe not easily beaten, but should have convincingly beat. The Saints were like demonstrably a better team throughout the season. They had no excuse for losing that game. I mean, think about it. Like They still cling on to that championship that was won 10 years ago. Yep. And it's been heartbreaking loss after heartbreaking loss after heartbreaking loss. At some point, stupidity kind of plays into it in, in the end. And losing to the Vikings, who has a great defense, but does not have a like they have a good but not great quarterback, and they lost to them. They lost to them. It's yeah, man. They lost oof. to the Vikings. They lost to a six seed. It's uh it's not a good look, and because uh, wasn't there a call? There was like a weird call at the end of that game. Oh, Kyle Rudolph pushed off supposedly. They both um, pushed, though, and I man. think he they did. Both were fighting, but like 
at a certain point, it's like freaking play better. You know what? You know what? Stop. Like stop. Kind of dis. Like you're if you're a juggernaut, play like one. Like Don't. stop. Stop disappearing in big games. Don't throw interceptions. Right at the end of towards the end of the first half, that leads to a field goal. Remember, no one remembers that what actually sealed the Saints losing the NFC Championship last year was Drew Brees throwing an interception. And before that, like they had two red, they had two their first two red zone trips in in field goals yep. against the Rams. It's <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of hearing about it. So let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Seattle beat Philly 17-9. I did not watch this game. It seemed kind of boring. But, like, uh, we got a chance to see, like, Josh McCown, 40 years old, play. And that's he also right. Tore his, he also tore his hammy. Yeah. Like, that's right, because uh, Wentz went out in, like, the first quarter or something. And so, like, that just was a wash after that. Dude, how does, how does like... How does Josh McCown keep getting work? I, I respect that. As we he, talked a couple, a couple episodes ago, uh, a few episodes ago, like I respect that man's hustle. Him, dude. him, and Ryan Fitzpatrick just keep getting work, man. I think, I think Josh, <laughs> dude, I think Josh McCown is this generation Steve DeBerg. Steve DeBerg, who friggin' played until he was forty-five, or Gus and, Farad. Oh my god! Oh, wow. <laughs> boy, that's one. That's a name I. I feel like I want to clip in Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. Gus <laughs> Garot. Fuss Garot. I like that. But uh, noting that game, though, what was significant, though, was Russell Wilson, you know, a magician, and DK Metcalf. What, what was, they said, what, like seven or nine like guys, like wide receivers were taken before him, <laughs> including us who took uh, Nikhil Harry, which, you know, he seems promising. We'll but see. DK we'll Metcalf, like, you know. He, He's he, legit. Remember when he went viral with how swole and like jacked he was? Yeah. Yeah, like the dude is like. He is like kind of like the Seattle. Um, he's like the Robert Sue that Seattle needs. Yeah. <laughs> Remember and Chris Matthews, that six five guy that like torched us in the Super Bowl, and he just came out of nowhere. Yeah. He's like that, but could be more. Could have a much more, but seems to have like a much more sustainable uh, level of success. That's yeah. what Metcalf makes me think of. So, yeah. And uh, and Minnesota moved on and, and got stomped and got stomped by San Francisco. I think I watched that game, but I don't remember much about it. I other had it in the background. San playing. Francisco just being suffocating. I don't remember Minnesota ever looking like they had much of a chance. I just remember like um, uh, like uh, Cousins getting uh, just getting destroyed by that D line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they had a crazy pass rush the whole game. It just mm-hmm. wiped him out. Poor guy. I tell you, it didn't really have much of a pass rush. Seattle in their their next playoff their game, game against Green Bay. Yeah, it was that. just Rodgers just got anything and everything. And hey, we saw how important it is to have a running game. Like and, and Seattle yeah. did not have it. They had like a thirty five year old uh, Marshawn Lynch who just who could get like maybe two yards a carry because like all like the other three uh, running backs were like like dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean the reason Seattle ended up in this part of the playoff bracket was that game against San Francisco, San Francisco. right? Francisco. Where they like ridiculously botched that sequence on the one yard line where they had mm-hmm. like a freaking delay of game mm-hmm. after they brought Lynch in to run it in mm-hmm. and then had to take him right back out and like that whole situation. So like 
you know, a series of miscues ultimately led to the end of their season. And it's, it's really, really hard to have basically just, just your quarterback, just kind of gunsling your way through the playoffs. You need something other than that. And they just didn't have enough, not even close. Yeah. I mean, they still had a chance though. They just, but that the offensive line reared its ugly head again. And like that uh, D line green Bay just kept, making uh, Russell run for his life. Shout out, though, to Shaquem Griffin getting his first career sack. Yes. Uh, which was a yes. very, very cool moment. I did not, I didn't know he was still in the NFL. I didn't think he was still on the roster at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was there. I think he, um, like, I think he was playing reserves or maybe he played, like, special teams. But him, yeah, but him yeah. and his and his twin brother, Shaquille, all on the same team. Yeah, I know, I know Shaquille is the pretty- quarterback. Or cornerback. Corner, yep. Not the quarterback. They the corners didn't really uh, play very well that no. game either. Like um, they got the game was sealed with an an ancient like aging uh, Jimmy Graham. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I mean, you know what, Rogers like clearly is not what he once was, but he's still able to do these just dumb throws where he is like stepping out of the throw and still mm-hmm. makes it. All they have pretty much was Devontae Adams. Yeah. And you saw that get shut down in this next game between San Francisco and Green Bay. Where they got blown the hell out. And mm-hmm. Rodgers did make it kind of interesting but, in the second half. But, but it was too late, dude. It was, it was garbage time scoring. And the reality is they could not stop San Francisco's run games. They just... The 49ers just got... Anything it was like watching the Ravens almost during the regular season. They just got anything they wanted, anytime they wanted. Garoppolo threw the ball what seven times the whole game. <laughs> so because they just literally didn't need he to throw a game. to move the. No, he played a freaking. Um, he played a freaking like Brad Johnson game. <laughs> um, I mean, it's like the two thousand Ravens man with like Trent, Trent Dilfer. Dilfer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna wood here. Trent Dilfer. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Seattle—they were number five seed. Like, they played like a number five seed against Green Bay. So I, I think the seeding was was um, yeah. was where it should should have been. And San Francisco was clearly the the number one seed yeah. that, that went on to the Super Bowl. Green Bay, at least by like DVOA, and I think by like Pythagorean win loss or whatever the stats called. Uh, Green Bay like pretty significantly outperformed their sort of indicator numbers this year, mm-hmm. and in reality, they played much more like a 10-11 win team. Are they? Are they, so, um, are they overrated? Like, yeah, is, is Rogers or, overrated? I'm, I'm not going to go. Well, I don't. I don't think Rodgers is overrated because I think people are generally acknowledging that like he's not the same guy he was like four or five years ago. Hmm. Um, but it's like the so Packers not, are always seen as like a chance they could go all the way and right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think they, as a team, they were overrated certainly and they were certainly seated higher than they probably should have been. Yeah. And part of that is that sort of silliness where... Stephen A. Smith... Saying well, like, he's a bad man. Well, like in the case of Seattle, where if you don't win your division, you automatically have to be the five or six seed. Yeah. Even if you have a better record than a division winner, which didn't happen in the case of Green Bay, but like 
you know. At least at least they were not the Rams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> frankly, they should have, I mean, you know, in a just world, they would have played uh, Philadelphia at home, but they won the game anyway, so who cares? Yeah. Um, so let's let's jump over to the AFC really quickly. Okay. Let's start with Buffalo-Houston, because we'll, I feel like we're, you, you, listeners, you know what's coming. Josh. You know what's coming. <laughs> Um, Josh, if if Josh Allen could throw the football, they and not spontaneously combust on the field, they would they would yeah. have stomped Houston. <laughs> and the thing is, like, Josh Allen is not Tim Tebow. Like, he, he's not. He made throws at points this year. He was not like a net zero at quarterback. Plus, he's more athletic, um, and he certainly wasn't Nathan Peterman. Uh, <laughs> Peter Peterman, um, <laughs> or saw Tree would call him. Peter meme. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for real. Um, but yeah, they man Houston like gave them every chance to win this game. And if he <laughs> like Go for Houston, down. Houston like opened the door back up like five or six times. And if if Buffalo could have been like had the wherewithal to step through even one time, they would have. They would have been. Wait through. a minute. Wait. Houston went for a fourth down and didn't get that left the door open late in the game for Buffalo. So why in the hell did not go for fourth? Uh, go for it on fourth and short against Kansas City. We'll get to that. We'll, we'll get there. Oh my gosh! You, so you, because Bill O'Brien sucks. Uh, <laughs> Tree we'll calls him a hack. He's like because Bill O'Brien is a hack. Like he had like this five minute video just like calling him a hack. <laughs> I uh, for for the I told you he wasn't a good coach for the occasional Lord of the Rings and sports fan crossover. I like to call him Bilbo Brian. Dang. Um, anyway, mean, but the fact is, the team succeeds in spite of him. With like, yeah. with no like two guys true. just basically sandwich uh, that bounce off each other while uh, Deshaun Watson's in the middle, and then like them those two guys t- defenders colliding with each other, kind of. I guess put him right back side up, and he was able to run and scamper for like, uh, and, and make like a throw or something for like 30 yards. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right, let's talk about the freaking Patriots. Okay. Well, as I told you, man, like, like we just like we just didn't have it on offense, man. Nope. Like nothing. It's, it's like it's like Brady's arm was dead. And like no separation whatsoever. I mean, we could do it, but we couldn't finish drives in the red zone because we just don't have like that big red zone target. We got stopped three straight plays, like down in the red zone. I really think because we we talked about this at great length earlier in the season, and I think it just kind of bared through to the end with either a competent offensive line or competent skill position players or a like decent running game, they probably would have been fine, but they didn't have any of those three things yep. and could never find consistency in any of them. And, and like, oh, yeah, sorry. And Derrick Henry did like that, just enough, just enough. Do he ran for 180 yards and uh, he, dis- he dismantled the D line. Tannehill could be saying he did just enough. Like Henry just, he was a world beater. And, <laughs> and let's not forget, we'll get to Henry. Cause I feel like we're going to just be talking about him the, quite a bit. The walk, uh, the walk off pick from uh, Logan Ryan though. That was, that, that was kind of cool though. Too, former uh, Patriot. The, Mike Vrabel against his former coach pulling out an all-time troll move with that weird clock manipulation penalty thing that I still don't understand how it works. They're, they're gonna they're gonna nix that. They're they're absolutely. <laughs> but that's the thing. Remember that's what Bill did years ago with the whole 
like uh, uncovered like four man offensive line play against Baltimore. Remember that the Alabama package? I, I don't remember that, but then he tried to do that, uh, do something like that. Um, try to do something what Variable did this year um, in the playoffs, like but with when we were playing the Jets. Taking false start penalties and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite the same thing. I can't remember. I think they were they were trying to back up to have more room to punt, and the Jets were kept not accepting the penalty. <laughs> Is I think what happened there. Yeah. I can't remember. You but, just see him smirk on the side. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, you know Adam Gase decided to be petty uh, the night that Sam Tarnold was seeing ghosts. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, the. Uh, Oh, what the hell? I lost my train of thought. Um, um, the uh, Alabama package? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's the sort of thing, it's like a loophole in the rules that basically you can only use once, right? Because then, in the offseason, they're going to change the rule. Uh, <laughs> and so, clearly, Bill had that, Bill probably had that in, like, the back of his notebook for, like, 15 years. And was just like, all right. We need a first down here. Now is the time. And did that whole thing where he had a, you know, lineman line up and didn't have to announce whether he was eligible or not or whatever the freaking loophole was. And then they got a first down to Gronk and the rest is history in that crazy Baltimore game. Uh, oh, yeah, that. That's, oh, yeah, I remember that because yeah. they were complaining about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Baltimore complained about it after the game. And it's like, it's technically legal in the rules. And, and then, you like, know, you got, everybody's got to, like, report eligible and ineligible in the following years. Yeah. Yep, uh, but big ups to Tennessee though. Man. Yeah, I mean, I you know, Tannehill like threw for under a hundred yards after <laughs> after what happened the next week, which I think is the next game we'll talk about. Uh, Tennessee made all of my salt go away because uh, I just assumed Baltimore would win the Super Bowl. They seemed the vastly superior to every other team team, and I it seemed like they were on a. Mission of Destiny. I had a, I had like a, I was like one of those people that was on that bandwagon, but I had something in the back of my mind being like, I don't know, this team is still rather young, and I was worried that if this game gets tight, or if the Tennessee jumps, as I was talking to this one guy who was a Chiefs fan, I was like, they they play similar style football, but if if uh, Baltimore's kind of young, but so if if Tennessee is to jump like seven fourteen points ahead on them, seven ten or fourteen points on them to their nothing, then Baltimore is not a good team coming from behind. They like they like to get the jump on you and then milk the clock. Yep. But Tennessee beat Baltimore with their with their own game by using their own game plan and yep. Derrick Henry. What had like 180, 190 yards, yeah. just like he did against New he England. He just went nuts, against- and no one can tackle him because he's like six four, and is just he's like, six four, and he's like, like two hundred forty some pounds. Right, he's just nothing but muscle, and is like also one of the faster players on the field. <laughs> so I mean, go figure that out, King Henry. Yo, but like that that was hilarious. Excuse I just me. I just like how Tannehill threw for like under a hundred yards both games. Yeah. But then again, he threw some nights some buttes, so some beauty. Yeah. Um, he so, made throws so like, when he in, in that to. game. Um, like that play and, action. And I think. Oh man. And AJ Brown's gonna be a star too. Yeah, and to be clear, like Tannehill played very well earlier in the season. Like that was not what their offense looked like the whole year. Um, he had like some legit games where he threw for a lot of yards and beat some teams passing through the air. That's how they got to this point. So mm-hmm. they also had like a little bad a, loss against the Panthers that me and Casey and our friend Daniel got to see. 
in a weird way, I I feel like the playoffs has sort of like almost made people like forget how good he was earlier in the season. So I just want to correct the record. Well, there. Tannehill played pretty good last week. So yeah, no fair. Yeah, like the, yeah. they played about. Like, we'll get to that, but they played as about as perfect of an offense. Like for asking like the Titans to play offense, they played about almost as perfect as you could have played that first half. Yes. But we'll get to that. So let's talk about how the Kansas City Chiefs turned into my old Madden team. The Elg- the uh, Velshire Aldreans? Yes. Uh, D'Antonio Short uh, and I, Jesse Terrell? I'm not going to lie. So years ago, I I don't know. I just was so obsessed with specifically Madden 2006 and the original Six. Xbox that I played, I think, all 30 seasons of a franchise with one franchise. I had a quarterback that I, like, did some machinations to, like, trade for a first overall pick and drafted the quarterback I wanted. And you said some what? Machinations? Yes. Wow. Um, <laughs> but I had the guy, and, like, at one point he had 100 touchdown passes in a season because uh, I just drafted guys who were speed 99 and did a lot of just throwing deep. You just drafted a bunch of uh, Tyree kills then. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and Jesse and, Terrell's the QB, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> It's wild because the Chiefs are like, it's like if that sprung to life, it shouldn't be possible what they what they are able to like consistently do to NFL teams. Now, Houston's defense is really, really bad, like really bad. But damn, 24 but damn, points. But damn. 24 to nothing. Can you imagine if Tennessee would have had a lead like that? I know uh, they had a seven. I know they were like up ten points, but if you spotted Tennessee or like Baltimore or New England, even twenty four points, not even the 06 pages would have blown that type of lead. Come on, twenty four to nothing, and they had a like, like it was twenty one to nothing when they had that fourth and that fourth and less than one where they should have probably went for it to step on their throats to make that throat snap, and they could have won the game. But then they like, okay, we'll kick a field goal. Okay, I take the points. That's good. But then why the hell are you going to go and, you know, do a fake punt on your own 30 when you're facing Patrick Mahomes? How do you, how are you that dumb when it comes to your play call? Like, I don't get it. And and then like, it was something, something ridiculous. It's like, okay, well, like we, uh, we kick off. Okay, to get like a 50, 60 yard scamper, like to set up for a short field, a couple plays there, touchdown. Okay, that's cool. Then three and out, fake punt, don't get it. Cold plays later, another touchdown. Yeah, that fake Next. punt was a stupid, <laughs> stupid goal. And then what happened after that? The guy didn't just traditionally fumble, he literally got the ball popped out of his arms and it, and it just and it just popped right into the arms of a Kansas City player midair. And lo and behold, a few plays later, another touchdown. And then another three, like, I think three and out, and then another touchdown. Like, that was a train wreck of a game. A train wreck of a 10 minutes. The game was decided in those 10 minutes. Like, after that, once the Chiefs took the lead, you were like, this is is over. And then Houston Um, just became Houston again in the playoffs. So... I hate I, now, I, I hate that for the fan base. Man, now, for to be clear, so I went and actually pulled up the win probability chart of from that game. So when Houston was up twenty four to nothing, win probability only had them with a ninety one percent chance to win. Which, for some perspective, 
uh, when the Patriots were down 28-3, the Falcons had a 99.7% chance to win. So... So win probability still was like one out of ten times the Chiefs win this game, even down twenty four nothing, which is mind boggling. Like that is that is a very large number. But hell, it even hell, it took the Patriots a, a quarter and a half to come back. <laughs> no, that's that is true. Um, yeah, the Chiefs. It Chiefs less than a quarter, dude. The Chiefs did it all in <laughs> like without without the benefit of onside kicks either, because they were just like you know Two what two thirds of a quarter, man. It's, and Patrick Mahomes is just like it's like people thought Mahomes regressed this year because he threw only 26 touchdowns and got hurt and it's like he all of the like numbers the underlying numbers say he's playing better than he did last year. So put that in your freaking pipe and smoke it. Well, you well, thought this guy couldn't possibly get better and he's getting better. You know what would have helped Houston though? If they didn't trade uh, Jadavion Clowney, yeah, imagine imagine that. Imagine <laughs> if they're if they didn't literally let their coach be the general manager basically by default because they just were too lazy to hire a new one. Like, I mean, I think they would have preferred to have him than Kenny Stills. <laughs> I mean, JJ Watt is not. Go- I mean, JJ Watt's probably going to retire in like the next couple of years. Yeah, no, because, I don't. I don't know how he I mean, keeps this up when he keeps I mean, getting hurt like this. I mean, their defense is pretty much like a shell of themselves. I mean, who do they have left? Whitney Merciless. That's it. It's not looking good, and, and that's that's the thing, man. They 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 picked up Vernon Hargraves, who was a bust at Tampa. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing to consider. So the reason the Saints have basically had their competitive window reopen, because remember that sort of period of time for those few years, kind of in the middle where Breeze would like light it up, but the Saints would somehow be like seven and nine every year because, because their defense was so bad. No divas. The Saints had one draft where they got like uh, shout out to Shot Tuttle, where they got <laughs> uh, Lattimore and they got. Um, Damn it, the running back, Kamara. Have a Kamara. And uh-huh. A few, I can't remember everybody else, but they had they had basically like a home run of a draft and got like multiple Michael Thomas impact players. I don't think that was that same draft. Mm. Um, but yeah, Michael Thomas was coming into his own at that point. But the point is, basically the Saints had and the Saints like they didn't have any money to bring in free agents. So essentially that was their path back to relevance was getting a sudden infusion of a bunch of talent and they were able to do it because they had like a once in a lifetime draft. Uh, Mm. That's not even really an option for Houston at this point because they just to get Laramie Tunsil, just to try to shore up that offensive line that still wasn't very good Two first round. Bill O'Brien went and traded two freaking first round picks because he's a damn coach. And the coach is saying, I want to have the best team this year. And what that means is Houston like they still were far off though. There's no help coming. <laughs> it was they were still they, far off after that trade. They realistically have no you know, no significant way to vastly improve this team as constructed and all of that. They he he fired every bullet in his gun to be the four seed. I mean, and I to lo- and to and to lose that game due to both his own like incompetence 
and like just having a god awful defense. And Romeo Cornell doesn't. And, Romeo Cornell doesn't get a pass though. But his his contract ran out. They didn't renew. Yeah, it, they so. didn't bring him back. But but like he he to to a point he he uh, he, he gets some blame. But at the same time, you're playing against like freaking Patrick Mahomes and and Kansas City Chiefs and yeah. Uh, but I and, mean uh, not not George Kittle, but like Travis Kelsey and like uh, freaking uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Excuse me, but. Your point stands. If you have a 24-0 lead against any team, doesn't matter if they are like the greatest offense ever, you should win that game. And I mean, you they should probably, have enough talent on your roster to win that game. They probably should have just ran the football the whole time. They would at least they would at least survive the quarter without their with the lead. <laughs> right. And what can you say, man? That was just brutal, and I, I don't know how that team improves from here. I, so. I was pissed from that, man. And like, the, reason I'm, the reason we're upset is that we love Deshaun Watson, and we're getting this sort of almost Dan Marino-y vibe where it's like this dude might play the like majority of his peak on bad teams at this point. But at least Dan Marino made it to like an AFC championship game. He made it to a Super Bowl. Wait, Um in 84, his rookie year. He was in the um, Super Bowl? Yeah, and he lost. And, uh, huh. Yeah, and. I'm about he, to say, is that the one from he, Ace Ventura when he was in the Super Bowl? <laughs> and he, he famously never even got to the Super Bowl again the entire rest of his career. Um, Shoot, Miami sucks, so, man. They suck now. So, anyway. Uh, but yeah. big ups to Brian, uh, uh, what, Brian Flores? No, no, what's the name? Not, not Brian Flores. The, 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 I think his name is Flores, uh, coach for Miami. Who, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the a defense coordinator. Who also pantsed Belichick on national television <laughs> right at the end of the season. I give him credit, man. They were, like, heading to be, like, the worst team in the league. And, like, they just ran, like, five or six wins. He turned a team that was supposed to be 0-16 into, like, yeah, like a five-win team and actually screwed them out of the first overall pick. So. No, it wasn't just him. It was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's let's get to this one now. Now, I love the Chiefs, like, and I respect them, and like, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, he just still looks goofy to me. But he, I, his his talent is undeniable. Like, I kind of hate him in terms of like he's so good. It's like kind of like hating Peyton Manning and like Aaron right. Ro- like Aaron Rodgers together. You, you hate him because you like you, he's not you, on my team. You know he's amazing, and you know you're going to be losing to him for like the next ten years. And the problem was he played against my girlfriend's favorite team. Now she uh, she originally hails from Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee Titans need this win more than Kansas City because they will be back next year. Tennessee's window is not. As open as Kansas City, and that's what makes the loss hurt even more because Tennessee was up on two separate occasions by 10, and then it evaporated. Yep. Especially, Same thing. Especially when they just should have freaking hit him at the sideline. Instead, he scampers for like 28, 30 yards for a score for like the slowest, yep. like, you know, scramble I've seen. Yeah. I mean, it's not the slowest. I've seen Brady do it worse. But, like... But if the if they weren't so afraid of like drawing a flag and stuff, they probably would have at least they they should have lit him up, man. Yeah. But but the fact that they just literally could not stop Kelsey, 
could not stop Hill. And then when they were trying to cheat up or or try to cheat on the pa- um, uh, uh, on the passing game, they used their own they used Tennessee's own strategy against them by running the football from like when they start thinking they're their 10 or 15 yard line, they pretty much ran the football all the way up the field and then scored. Yep. Like, oh, and they were playing so, the offense was playing so good like in that first half. Like, Tannehill was dropping dimes at play action and stuff. Like, uh, Henry was getting about four or five yards of carry, but then once they came back and stuff, they had to dish to run. They couldn't play their style. And then when they had to play catch up, it was over. And I was just holding out hope maybe Tennessee could get back and get back. But I wanted to pull my hair. I was pissed. I now, was probably pissed more than my girlfriend that, was. <laughs> she I was know. telling me to calm down. I was like, this I, is what Tennessee does. I'm like, damn it. I don't want them to do this. I want them to win this one. That's why I wish Houston would have won because it would have been an easier matchup for Tennessee. True. Which um, it should have happened. So I blame Houston for this. <laughs> It's all Bill O'Brien's fault. It's all Bill O'Brien's fault. I'm down for that. It's all his Um, fault. But Kansas City, though, is like so they 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 are they are what the Steelers should have been. Oh, with all the with all the offensive pieces, I see. This is what happens when you don't have freaking drama tanking your tanking your team. This is what happens when you have a true offensive juggernaut. That's what it's supposed to look like. Players play, but just brief aside, shout the f*** out to Andy Reid, who I am is, happy for that. I am happy know, for Andy. Two decades into his career is like still one of the best play callers in football. I heard people were like, uh, were just like throughout the NFL would just root for him because of Andy Reid just had, had those hard times and the root for him. So I am happy about that. For he him. is a very, very well-respected guy. Everybody loves him. Uh, and... I mean, plus he looks like Casey's dad. I don't know that I can really. <laughs> I don't know that I can really like have crocodile tears too much about this because my team is partially responsible for it. But, uh, but that was once though. But that was his only those, trip to the Super Bowl with the those, Eagles. Those early two thousands Eagles teams were. Go back and just like take some time and look at like the o two o three o four rosters. Those teams were freaking loaded. They were really really good on both sides of the ball. And it's one of the more star-crossed groups that they played in, I think, four straight NFC championships and only won one of them. And then, you know, obviously the the sort of uh, well-known loss to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, but T.O. was like epic, though. He came back from like a broken leg yeah. and like lit us up for over 100 yards. Yeah. <laughs> Deion Branch was the MVP of that game. Man. Uh, that was anyway, kind of a boring game in a way. Kind of was. Yeah. Uh, but like, technically... Technically, even though they were up by 10 in the fourth quarter, Vinatieri did ultimately provide the margin of victory. Three points. Because uh, he kicked the last field goal. So, is, that, is that Illuminati confirmed? Like, we won by three points in, like, our first three Super Bowls? Or, or something surreal about the number three? Of course. <laughs> uh, anyways. Three's the magic um, number. And that's it. I uh, am literally recording this just because it feels weird to not have the outro music. So hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and or night. And uh, bet you thought I was going to forget, but I wish I could just hug you all, but I'm not going to. Peace.
DeBagel. Steve DeBerg. Steve DeBagel. Man. William Defoe. <laughs> it's Willem Defoe, not William. Will I am? <laughs> Will I am not. I still remember you when you took when you uh turned me into Will I am. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> that's that's the greatest hits right there. Yes. But so no.